You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello, welcome to episode one. Uh, my name is Luke Nolan, and this podcast is uh, kind of a father talking to his daughter. Um, kind of wanted to have some conversations that um, I feel will be important for her growing up, and um, me just wanting for those conversations to be out there. So not only so I can prepare for those conversations when they come up in real life, but so that material is available. Um, you know, if I, if I'm not there or she's out of the house or, um, you know, time dictates that, um, it's more available in this form, but here we go. Thanks for joining. What's your topic going to be for today? What's your, what's the first thing you're going to share with your daughter? Uh, no idea. I got a bunch of topics, yeah. and I didn't know if I'd be going through five of them or 20 of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how long any of this how, takes. How verbose you will be? I don't think I'm very verbose. All right. So and what's so, the first idea? What's the first idea you're going to share with your daughter's uh, Genevieve? Genevieve. That's a beautiful name. Uh, thank you. Um I've labeled it ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad place to start. I, I, I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know, get too philosophical, but I think a lot of things come down to that. But um, basically, Genevieve, um, I don't know, you're five years old when I try to think of myself when I was five. Um, I don't have a lot of memories, but it's it's definitely another a completely different perspective than I have now. Um, but I don't want you to kind of listen to what I'm saying and take any of it as as fact or as absolute truth because I think one of the things I found out that growing up is um, everybody is just constantly learning and no one's got to completely figure it out. And... Uh, so if I can offer any kind of wisdom or help, just use it as maybe a scaffolding to, you know, use your own experience and and um, either use that to help you verify what I'm saying or to, um, you know, use what I'm saying and go in another direction. But um, I'm just hoping to give you kind of a starting point where you're not trying to have to start from scratch and and try to figure everything out uh, for yourself. Um, I mean, I think you're fortunate. Your your mom and I, I think you're you're a very high priority for us. I think both your mom and I were very fortunate to have parents that um, also were very, um, you know, made their their children probably their highest priority which I look around and I see a lot of people who don't have that. And um, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to see how they put it all together, which in the same time is uh, impressive that so many people can without that support system growing up. Um, but also it, I feel the importance of having that, if at all possible, is is definitely crucial. Um but back to ignorance, and maybe that's not the right word, but I, I just feel that it's, as a child, I think ignorance is sometimes, um, I don't know, accepted. I mean, you're a kid, you're not supposed to know anything. That's that's great. Uh, but as as you get older and you learn more stuff, more is expected of you. And I think you look at adults and figure that they know everything. They have it figured out. And looking back when I was a kid, I think that's probably definitely how I saw the world, how I saw um, adults. But as an adult, I can tell you that's that's not the case. I mean, you definitely figure a lot of stuff out. You get better at stuff, but you're you're constantly um, evolving and trying new things and failing at things. And, um, I think, you know, a lot, a lot of people get to the point where they think they have it figured out or stop learning or stop evolving. And, um, I don't know. I think that can be, 
a, a little stifling or, or a little dangerous um, because, I don't know, for, for a couple of reasons. I think when you have a point of view, um, it, it's good to understand that you don't know everything. You can run into a lot of people that, um, you know, are, are, are very uh, confident or stubborn about a certain point of view about anything and everything under the sun. And I think you'll come up with a lot of these positions too. You'll feel very strongly and very um, um, stubborn yourself about things that you come across in life um, because it makes sense to you. And I'll think of a good example. Um, But I I just think what I found out as I got older is realizing that you don't know it all, that nobody knows it all. It's just really helpful, not only in conversation, but in just finding common ground. Um, And I don't know. I I just want you to kind of keep that as a a foundation for when when you're listening to this. It is coming from a place of, um, you know, Good, good intentions, trying to give you something to 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 work with, but definitely not a place of um, all knowing or, or or factual. Um, I mean, from a philosophical philosophical point of view, if you think about what just people in general knew five hundred years ago to what they know now, um, it seems like we've you know growing up leaps and bounds as far as what we know as, you know, a human species. Um, and, and I think you're growing up in an interesting time. This last 20 or 30 years, just the, the information age or the information revolution, I, I think it's hard to deny how much information and knowledge is out there. I mean, maybe 500 years ago, you know, you could be born and grow up in the same town and, you know, get a job and the same thing that everyone else does in the town and feel like you, you are pretty proficient at, you know, life or the job or um, when everyone's doing, you know, kind of the same thing. But I think we're so kind of interconnected now with the whole world and there's so much information out there. Um, I I think... I think if you really sit down and think about it, your ignorance and everyone else's ignorance is pretty um, pretty obvious and I think kind of hard to argue with. I mean, given an infinite amount of time, um, well, maybe an infinite amount of time, but given your whole lifetime, even if you spent all your time studying, you, you couldn't even scrape the surface of all the knowledge that you have access to now. Um and I, th- I just think that's a, kind of a good place to start from when you're looking at um, absorbing new knowledge, when you're looking at learning and um, just education in general is is you don't know it all, nobody knows it all, and that's really okay. Um, and it, it's kind of the ideal perspective to have or to approach things from. Um I mean, you look, just imagine what people will know 500 years from now and how different things will be. Uh, They'll look back at our time and probably just like we look at people 500 years ago, um, I think every probably generation thinks they're, you know, they know it all just because they can kind of explain everything around them. Um, And it just takes time for... um, you know, people to realize that they don't have it all figured out. <laughs> uh, but again, that's that's not a bad thing. Um, but something important to realize, because I, I think the danger sometimes in believing you have it all figured out or believing the information you have is factual and isn't up for debate. Um, I don't know. It. I think it's it's hard for... Just personal growth because it, it makes it harder for you to accept uh, new knowledge, to evolve your own ideas. 
Um, and then maybe even more importantly, just relationship wise, I think so much of this, uh, this experience that you're going to have growing up, whether it's, you know, family wise or work wise, uh, is going to be dealing with people. I mean, whether that's, you know, your, your parents or your kids or your coworkers or your friends, um, that's just such a, or, or even yourself, that's, that's such a huge part of life and being able to communicate effectively with those people, um, I think is huge and coming from a place of knowing you don't know it all and that they don't either, um, I think might be one of the healthiest places to start. Um, yeah, but, and go, go back to kind of a, a philosophical, uh, view of the the ignorance thing um i find myself thinking about like just your senses and how limited we are um with with our sense we we sense the world you know a lot of people think of their five senses you know seeing and hearing um touching smelling tasting and even even that even if we could if we had the time um to experience everything, our, our, our senses are, are are pretty limited. Um, I mean, take vision for example. I mean, we we know that you know visually we only see a, a small part of the uh, visual spectrum, and we're, we're trying to make sense out of this whole world with these uh, partial senses, basically. Um, and like I said, I don't want this to get too philosophical, but just kind of back to the point that, uh, we, we're, we're working off partial information kind of at every turn, not just data wise, not just information wise, but just our access to all kinds of different uh, types of information is, is very limited, which just brings me back to, um, not knowing at all, and that being maybe a, a healthy place to start. <clears throat> um, let's see. So, with all this stuff, I think it's it's it can be helpful. Um, you know, it can be fun to think about, but I think the important thing is trying to find out how does this really help us. Uh, how can we use this information? Um, how can this kind of philo- how can these philosophies be you know functional and useful in daily life? So if we come to um, you know the conclusion that we're all pretty ignorant, how does it help us? How how can we use that? And I think it's just kind of, I mean, I think it should be humbling to a large degree. I mean, if we realize in the overall scheme of things, we don't know much, then um, being overconfident or cocky, it, it, it doesn't seem to kind of make logical sense. I mean, if, if we all knew how ignorant we were and kind of approached everything with more of a humility, it, it just seems like most of the situations that we get into that are unpleasant would be much more pleasant. I mean, if you're having arguments and you're both, you know, trying to understand each other's viewpoints because you realize uh, it's just a it's a matter of difference of opinions. You've been through different experiences. Uh, you're seeing the same thing two different ways, but for a reason. Um, is obviously going to be a lot more productive than assuming your perspective is the only perspective out there, and um, you know trying to, you know, beat the other person into submission until they see your way. Because generally what happens is both people are trying to do that and nobody gets what they want and people just, you know, leave a situation frustrated, uh, which obviously isn't ideal. But so I I guess that is what I would, you know, kind of suggest taking that idea of being ignorant and not knowing everything 
knowing that's going to be the case your whole life. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. You're going to become proficient in a lot of stuff. Um, but always remembering that's coming from a place of, um, you know, ignorance and that should maybe breed, um, you know, kind of a feeling or a perspective of humility and kind of, you know, most things you do. Um, I, I think that might be helpful. Um, so this is first podcast. I pre, or, uh, apologize. This is obviously going to be a little bit rougher than most, kind of getting a feel for it. Uh, basically have some notes to outline with you. So it's not going to be super smooth transition-wise. But kind of going from that ignorance and humility um, note. Next one I have up here is kind of causation. Um, so by causation, as as you learn, uh, as you do learn and kind of decrease that ignorance aspect, you're going to learn that kind of everything, you know, is related. Everything depends on what has come before. This is kind of the basis of science. I mean, uh, right now you're five years old. You just started kindergarten. And even in kindergarten, you're learning that, you know, there's a cause and effect. And you're going to see this from just everything you run into, um, everything in school. And once again, to um, the relationships you have. And I'll probably come back to this quite a bit as far as the relationship aspect. But it's just such a big deal uh, just because, you know, people are social animals. You live in a society. You're dealing with people every day. And I, I feel that the way you interact with those people is probably going to dictate kind of your your happiness um you know, and and how content you are in everyday life more than what you're actually doing uh, to a large extent. So I'll probably harp on a a lot of this, um, you know, or or come back to it as I talk about these different things with you. Um, But so causation, so everything kind of being predicated by what has come before you're going to realize with, with math and science and um, all the different subjects you're going to learn about, this is kind of understood and agreed upon. I mean, this is what science is uh, and math is. You know, the, the, the reason this happens in science is because this and this were done before. it. You'll do experiments in science and you can actually predict what's going to happen by what you do before it. Uh, and, and and this is a way of understanding the world around you, which is great. It's a it's a way of making sense of the world. Uh, but what I find kind of interesting is <laughs> p- people love this dynamic of cause and effect, and they'll use it to explain everything. Uh, they'll they'll use it to learn more knowledge. Like if there's something that's happening, they know something's causing it. So that's what they're looking for. They're trying to figure that out. But a lot of times people are real, uh, real hesitant to apply this dynamic or this application to like themselves as people. And I think what a lot of that is, is that they don't want to feel like, uh, you know, this and this happened, and that's why I thought this, or that's why I acted this way. I think I think it interferes with a lot of people's idea of like free will and whatnot. But I think it's, I think it can be a, a healthy uh, perspective, at, at least to kind of get a feel for maybe why you are thinking or doing what you're doing, why other people are thinking or doing what they what they are doing. Um, what, what's causing that? So, so when you think about that, um, 
kind of to go back to the ignorance, creating a, a humble perspective or attitude, I think the cause and effect thing can kind of uh, harbor or or nurture kind of a um, a perspective of understanding with yourself and others, which I again I think can be very helpful with in your relationships with yourself and others, just trying to see um, why you think the way you do or why you act the way you do and why others are thinking the acting the way they do. This isn't always obvious, even with, you, with, you know, yourself. Um, doesn't mean you'll be able to figure it out. Maybe endlessly confusing, but I, I think it's, it, it can be, um, a healthy exercise, at least, um, in thought. Uh, let's see. And again, I mean, I think this becomes more obvious with this information age that we're in. I mean, we're constantly learning more. It seems like we've learned more or had have access to more knowledge in the last 20 or 30 years than, uh, you know, decades before that. But and like I said, I am not an expert in anything. If I've learned anything getting older, it's that I know <laughs> less than I thought I did the year before or whatever it may be. But I think with all this data, all this information, we're learning more about the way people operate, um, you know, the way societies operate, the effect that, you know, uh, social constructions have on people. I mean, they're what decoding the human genome and whatnot and seeing how that affects people. I mean, they're breaking down people's biology and, um, uh, social structures and really seeing how that affects people. And you have to believe that that's just gonna, gonna continue to where, you know, if we go back to our previous example of 500 years in the future, what what are they going to know that's going to make some of the things um, that we think are, uh, I don't know if I want to say free will, but the things we attribute to other characteristics, they're going to feel as being uh, completely obvious, you know, in the future. Just, just I think it's helpful to um, maybe when you don't understand something before just having a blanket response or reaction to it, just really looking and seeing how that, um, what might have caused that, and and really trying to learn. Uh, before maybe passing judgment, uh, passing judgment. I mean, everyone does it. It's human nature. You kind of have to judge things to get through daily life. Um, you know, I think that's that, like I said, just, just human nature. You have to judge things in order to make decisions. And a lot of times you got to judge things quickly and you don't have a lot of time. But when you can, just stepping back, pausing, and trying to figure out why something is happening the way it is, uh, whether that's, you know, in a work situation or in a relationship um, or, you know, anyone you're coming into uh, contact with. I think that's not only going to be helpful for that situation, but going forward to inform you on future decisions. And, and I know that a lot of this is theoretical and not real specific. Um, in, in the future, I hope to bring along some, maybe some good examples that'll help clarify and crystallize some of these ideas. Um, but yeah. So, uh, one, ignorance, maybe realizing that and maybe helping that harbor kind of a, um, you know, a humble attitude to causation. Just kind of really try to understand the world maybe instead of reacting to it 
and uh, kind of that, kind of have that harbor uh, a feeling of or a motivation of understanding things as opposed to uh, just judging things. I mean, you're going to judge regardless, but maybe having a element of understanding there as well, I think uh, would, be, would be helpful. <clears throat> and and I kind of skipped over this, but I, obviously, I mean, the reason for any of this um, advice, I guess, if you want to call it that, is, you know, and this for, for Genevieve, I just want you to be happy, obviously. I mean, that's the main goal. Um, and, and for, for any of this advice, I'm, I'm hoping that it can be used to, to get to that end. Um, and, and help you have some kind of framework to work with instead of everything just being, uh, you know, trial and error. Maybe, maybe having a foundation to start from. Um, so, you know, you can still start building, um, you know, your framework of ideas on, on something that's somewhat solid. Um, I, I mentioned, you know, I, I had great parents and have great parents and they, they were an awesome example to me. And that, that example is, is really good. Um, and, you know, I've definitely sat down and had conversations with them <clears throat> and and have a, you know, as I'm older, I think I have a good idea of where they're coming from in a lot of situations. Although I think I would really like to have something like this from them where they're, they're really sitting down talking about a lot of different things, explaining exactly how they came to those conclusions and, and the logic of of, um, you know, their stances and their ideas and their feelings. Um, because you could see someone act, you know, one way, but not know exactly why they're doing it. And that's another thing. I think as you get older, you're realizing that, um, you know, I think someone's actions definitely say a lot more than their words. But I think, I think even more than that, someone's intentions a lot of times say more than, uh, their actions. I mean, people could be doing the same thing for a lot of different reasons. And, um, you know, seeing people and knowing people that are doing positive things for positive reasons is, uh, is I think what you want to kind of strive towards. Um, just again to re reach that end of uh, trying to be as content and happy as possible. And yeah. So, next note I have for you, Genevieve. Uh, let's see. Here's another thought experiment. I apologize, this uh, episode is kind of philosophy heavy. <laughs> uh, you know what I like to think about sometimes? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mentioned a number of times that, you know, people are such a big part of our lives. Obviously, we're social creatures. We can't really not be social creatures. I mean, we're kind of helpless when we're kids, right? You're five years old and you really can't fend for yourself. Um, you know, and when can you fend for yourself? You know, 10, 15 years old, if you're trained properly, maybe, I don't know. But, you know, people in a lot of respects are animals and uh, they're, they're, they're social creatures. And they're, they're not the kind of creatures that are kicked out of the nests, you know, once they hatch and automatically know how to fend for themselves and can kind of choose to be social or not. It's kind of ingrained in us. Um, but because being a social creature is such a big part of us, I kind of like to but, – but at the same time, people are trying to individualize themselves as well. Uh, so to kind of – this following experiment for me is trying to see what part of yourself is because of society and what part of, your, part of yourself is really 
um, you know, an individual part of you. So I apologize if this doesn't make sense, but I kind of like to think what you or me or anybody would be without other people. I mean, if you strip away all of the, uh, you know, all of the social constructions out there, I mean, what what if you were that animal that could be kicked out of the nest, you know, when you were born and you were able to fend for yourself and, you know, you could feed yourself and grow up and protect yourself and all that. Um, if you were an isolated, at that point would be kind of an animal, what would that look like? Because is everything else um, other than that kind of animal that we would be just just a result of society? Because if we're off on our own and we're not interacting with people, it just seems like we, we have, you know, very little of what resembles people today. Would we have um, communication, language, technology? Um, I mean, any of the things that we we realize or understand today as being innately human. Um, I mean, will, will we simply be animals that, I don't know, might have slightly larger brains that might be able to contemplate the past a little bit more and predict the future a little better uh, that would help us survive? But it, in this experiment, it doesn't seem like we'd be much more than that. Um, and so I think this just reiterates how big a part of us individually is the people around us, the people from the past that have created these institutions. And um, again, I think... Why is this helpful? What what does this thought experiment do for us? I think it might just be helpful to realize how uh, big a part of society um, or how much it affects us, how big a part of it, a part of us is because of not only the societies that we live in, but of the people that have come before and affected the way our societies have become, um, how different societies are in the world. But I think really just to harbor more understanding. Um, I mean, think how different societies are around the world. Think of how many different groups of people are in our our society and our own country. Think how different your family might be from the family that's two doors down the street and how that affects the individuals within that family. It's... I, I don't know. I mean, we are constantly processing information. And if you, I don't know, if you think of people as like a computer that are constantly being uh, processing this, this software that they're taking in through their senses and everyone's constantly inputting different software, how could you expect, you know, the outputs or their thoughts or actions to be the same? I think it's frankly quite fascinating that this many people can live this close to each other and kind of get along and find so much in common. Um, obviously, I think we could always do a better job of that, finding more in common as opposed to kind of focusing on our differences. But I think the bottom line is um, there is so much we we are sensing the world in such different ways that that's going to um, affect the way we think and act. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's just a helpful uh, exercise to um, use to kind of kind of frame the world and help understand yourself. Uh, why are you the way you are? What people have influenced you? Um and then understand others as well and maybe use that as a framework to kind of understand and interact um, in a way that's, you know, beneficial to everybody involved. Um, but I mean, go, going back to the, the, the living solo thing, um, 
I mean, with, with, without society, without people, we, we like to think of ourselves as individuals, but I, I think in, in large part, we don't give the impact other people have on us, uh, past and present, dead or alive, enough, um, enough weight as far as how they've actually affected us and how, how big a part of it is of who we are. Um, th- this can be, I don't know. I mean, this information is, like I said, I don't know anything about anything. And, and this may be way off and may not make any sense. But if that is, if that is the case, then, um, you know, a lot of people aren't going to like the, the thought of that, that, you know, they basically are who they are largely because of the people around them and the society they live in, the family they're in. But um, it just seems like that, that has a huge uh, impact, huge impact. Um, and then just on a broader scale, I mean, would would we have even a lot of the the human characteristics like like morals and ethics and justice if we didn't have other people if we weren't raised in a society? I mean, if you were, you know, by yourself out there, you know, in nature, would would you have morals? I mean, where do you get morals from? Are you taught morals? Uh, is, is there right and wrong or do you just do what you do? I mean, if there's not anyone judging you, are are you going to be judging yourself based off anything? Same thing with ethics or, or justice. It's, I don't know. Um, like I said, may, maybe it's just something to, to think about. Uh, and a lot of these philosophical ideas, they kind of seem, you know, out there and maybe like they don't have a lot of a functional um you know a, a functional place in everyday life but i think if you do give them some thought if they do affect your perspective and that perspective affects your your thoughts and the way you approach situations and the decisions you make and the actions you take then um then they are important and maybe some of the most important things you're going to kind of consider. I mean, because if they're going to affect kind of the way you view the world and that's going to affect the way you operate, um, it's it's kind of a a large part of your foundation. But I don't know, just just another thing to, to consider, to think about. Um, and that's another thing. I mean, you're five years old. Obviously, a lot of these conversations, I taught you a lot of, about a lot of things that you'll say, I don't understand a word you just said. And I get that. And I think a lot of these things are, um, you know, appropriate depending on your age and your, uh, your understanding. And I look forward to having these conversations with you in person. Um, but again, and, and I, c- I can see this right now, that <clears throat> selfishly, I think this is going to be helpful just helping me crystallize some of these ideas in my own head, uh, probably showing how little I've thought about them when maybe I should in my almost 40 years wandering around. Uh, but I, I would like to have some, you know, well thought out, uh, things to say when we do have these conversations and as opposed to kind of stammering along. And, um, I, I think maybe that's why a lot of these conversations are, are cut short in, in the rare times that they do happen in everyday life is because people haven't really thought about them. So, uh, you know, they think about them, they, they talk about them for five minutes and then they forget about them or go on with their, their daily life. 
And I, I think the the value of some of these conversations is there, and I just want to make sure um, that's not that's not that's not lost, or you have that available. And hopefully, I can be a, a sounding board when you're kind of considering these ideas, and we can kind of have some good conversations about them going forward. Uh, next note, Genevieve. <clears throat> Mm-mm. This next one I had a society, but I think that was kind of just an extension of the last one we did. Um, although, you know what I have on this one is <clears throat> the fact that we are social creatures and we do live in a society and we are constantly interacting with people. Uh, I, I think that it can be helpful to really consider that. And I think generally a lot of people do. Um, but when when we're making decisions or kind of figuring out if we're going, uh, deciding one thing or another on a certain subject is really keeping that in mind. I I, I think it's important to consider other people's, um, I mean, if you're living in a society and choosing to live in a society, it should be in your best interest to for for the society to be uh productive and successful. So I I think that is something to consider. Um you know you you want the people around you to be successful, to be heard, to um also be happy because that's gonna in turn, uh, come back to you and cause you to be successful, successful and happy and, uh, content. Um, yeah. And we'll come obviously again to this idea of, uh, other people in your life quite a bit. But if you're making, I guess the bottom line is if you're making a decision, um, because you think it's going to benefit you, but you know it is going to be detrimental to you know someone around you or people around you. I think it's very important to take a hard look at that and realize that if it's gen- detrimental to people around you, that's generally going to come back and um, generally going to come back and you know be detrimental to you. Because, like I said, you can't get away from these interactions and how they affect people and what a big part um, of your life other people are. And so, um, I mean, you're kind of just, well, not just, but in large part, you're an extension of the people around you and they're an extension of the people around them. So... Sometimes it's helpful to not think of yourself as an isolated individual, but, you know, uh, a part of a bigger group and then uh, keeping that group healthy and happy is going to in turn keep you healthy and happy uh, is another way to, to kind of look at it. Mm-hmm. All right. The sticks don't Genevieve. I have uh, notated as motivation. So motivation, what motivates you? What motivates people? That's an excellent question that people have probably been asking since the beginning of time. Um, People are funny. So... I think in large part, people are, to put in simple terms, people are motivated uh, by pleasure and pain. (laughs) Again, I'm not a a psychologist or social, whatever that expert would be called. Uh, But just, just in my very confined, ignorant perspective, that's kind of what I see. That's what I see in myself. 
people move towards pleasure and then move away from pain. Kind of like a flower moves towards the sun and moves away from the cold. Something I really like is a good metaphor. I'm not sure that's the best metaphor, but I'll try to think of better metaphors uh, going forward with some of these examples because I do think it helps crystallize some of these ideas. But but anyways, people in general, um, including myself and I think you as well, they they really do um, have this attraction to pleasure and a repulsion towards pain. But like we've discussed, people are so different. You could have the same thing and one person, it bring, it's the best part of their week. And for another person, it's the one thing they dread to do all week. Um, you know, some, some people wake up on a Saturday and they go for a five-mile run. And that's what they've been looking forward to all week because it gets all their stress out. They feel amazing afterwards. And it, 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 it's their thing. While other people, they're, the whole week they're dreading this five mile run on Saturday. They're, they're doing it because they know they need to do it to be healthy, to get in shape, but they're agonizing through every second of it. So, um, I think, you know, this pleasure and pain, uh, pull, uh, or repulsion is definitely there. But it is definitely not the same for everybody. Um, <clears throat> so I, mean, I think part of getting to know yourself is figuring out what is, you know, what really does bring you pleasure. And there's a lot of different kinds of pleasures. You get real philosophical on this, you know, uh, you know, temporal pleasures versus uh, real deep and social pleasures. Um, and then what really brings you pain? You know, what do you really want to get away from? And then there's layers and complexities within that as well. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pleasure that people will get from going through painful situations. So you're, you're, you're looking at that as well. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times, the more pain you go through accentuates the pleasure on the other side. Um, and in an interesting way, if, if, if you don't have any painful experiences and you're just kind of going down the easy road, sometimes it can be, it can be difficult to maintain that and, and life kind of just brings you back towards neutral and, um, a lot of those a lot of those things that wouldn't be painful to someone who's you know having a lot of troubles or a lot of hurdles is going to be painful to someone um that's you know going down easy street and we'll get into more into this and uh this will be the last uh kind of subject we we talk about today um but but there's definitely a balance there everybody is different and we'll we'll t- maybe touch on this uh for the first thing next time cuz i think there's a lot to uh talk about uh, as far as motivation how it affects everyone differently and trying to find or the importance of trying to find your um own motivation once again society comes into place uh there there's there's socially acceptable kind of pleasures and pains to uh, to be involved in and, uh, you know, being able to control that pleasure and pain balance. Uh, sometimes duration and timing affects pleasure and pain. I mean, there, there could be a, a sandwich on, on the table and if you just ate a big Thanksgiving meal, that sandwich could not look enticing at all because you're full and because you just had all the pleasure of eating all the fixings of Thanksgiving. On the other hand, if you haven't eaten in a day, that sandwich could be, you know, you might not be able to think of anything else until you've eaten that sandwich because um, 
because you've been hungry for so long and been going through that pain. So every person, every situation is different, and part of it is kind of navigating that. Um, and I think th- there, there's kind of a lot of layers and a, and a lot to delve into there. Um, but but we'll we'll get into that next time. But speaking of, today is December first. We just had Thanksgiving, um, and. I don't know that I think that's probably a good kind of thing to touch on for the the first episode because that that's got to be hugely important. And actually, you weren't feeling that great the day after Thanksgiving, um, so it, it that did get me thinking of a couple of things coming up here. Uh, one is just that idea of thankfulness, and we'll definitely breach that in deeper detail going forward. But how important that is, um, you know, in, in this social world that we live in, we can really get caught up in, you know, comparing ourselves to others and what we have and don't have when we could just as easily be focusing on what we do have um, and what we're we're thankful for. Because, uh, trust me, we have so much to be thankful for. But just the fact that you were were not feeling that great the day after Thanksgiving, um, I mean, just, just overall health. I mean, my own, yours, you've actually been a really healthy kid, which I'm really thankful for, for, for both of our sakes. Um, <clears throat> and, and, yeah, so there's just... Whenever you're thinking about what you don't have, um, there's just, you know, a hundred things on the other side of that coin that you could be thankful for. And you don't have to look very far to, um, to find people or places that would, would love to be in your shoes. Um, so, so I think that might be a good kind of, uh, closing thought. But um, next time, let's pick up with motivation and kind of see where we uh, go from there. And then, um, yeah, just parting thought. Uh, Ignorance, we don't know anything. Uh, You may not know anything, but let's use that to kind of keep us open-minded. Causation, you know, stuff is kind of causing everything in this world. Let's try to understand that and as opposed to just judging. Let's realize, you know, the ignorance in ourselves. And then um society realize we're we're, we're hugely um um you know, the people around us and the people that come before us have really uh kind of created us in a to a large extent. And uh, I think that's helpful to think of when we're thinking about, you know, kind of creating our worldview and our perspective on things. But that's all I have for today. Genevieve, love you, buddy. And I look forward to doing this again. All the best.